Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Two, set. So last week, our episode came out a little late. And I just wanted to give the backstory about it because (laughs) it just shows how amazing Bethany is. Like, Oh no, don't do this. (laughs) Literally, this is what I'm doing because this is what I was thinking about like on my drive to St. Louis last weekend. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, I need to talk about this. So I had a super busy week last week. We didn't research on Sunday like we typically do. So we researched Mm -hmm. on Monday. We both needed to do that. We recorded on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday and Thursday in the evening, I had parent-teacher conferences. So I didn't get home until like 9 p.m. on both of those days after getting to work around Mm -hmm. like 6, 6 6.15. So I was just wiped out. Exhausted. Exhausted. I had no time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So while I'm doing all of that... On Wednesday and Thursday, when Bethany is editing, she realized that her track had like a fuck ton of feedback, which... An obnoxious amount of feedback. Yeah, it was like louder than my actual voice, which hasn't happened in forever. Mm -hmm. And anytime, that's happened like a couple times. It's super frustrating Mm -hmm. and we we always have to end up re-recording because you just can't work Mm -hmm. with it. There's nothing to Mm -hmm. do with it. So... Bethany didn't even really share with me how big of a deal it was or how bad it was. I think just knowing that I didn't have time and that I was already like super stressed and just tired. Yeah. I didn't want to stress you out anymore. Yeah. And (laughs) she went in and all of the pieces of her track that were really, really bad feedback she re-recorded them word for word in some cases she wrote it down word for word just so she could say the exact same thing and spliced it into the parts and I just think it is such like I first of all amazing feat of editing but truly Mm -hmm. you are such a good friend and I it took you so Mm -hmm. long to do that and I just you know we could have found time like we could have recorded at like 9 15 at night and whatever like but you didn't you didn't even (laughs) you didn't even ask you didn't even you were just like I'm just gonna re-record a couple parts and it's just like really bad but I think it'll be fine and then you ended up pretty much doing the whole thing and I just wanted to thank you for just being so thoughtful and so wonderful you're so sweet no I you know I'm off work right now And so I was like, I have the time. I have the motivation. She's super busy. Why not? And and it really wasn't that bad. It wasn't. And it came out It was time consuming, but (laughs) I could still nitpick about it, but sure. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 
this is like I was thinking also it's kind of funny but like um this is one of the few times where I'm like I love that Bethany is a perfectionist because (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it can get in the way Uh, of like progressing because you have to mm -hmm. like make it perfect but you truly it was so beautifully done so just kudos to you and thank you so much thank you I appreciate you saying that (laughs) too kind so welcome back yeah welcome back guys i'm kayla and i'm bethany and this is standing bts yes yeah welcome to another wonderful episode where we get to hang out for about an hour and just talk about bts what a wonderful hour it is too but disclaimer this is an informative fangirl podcast that means that we're going to fangirl laugh and learn a little bit along the way yep that's right This is an explicit podcast, though, so if you aren't cool with that, you can dip out now. We won't blame you. Totally. But if you're down for some, BTS is the only thing getting me through this busy fucking time. Truly. They have something new every day this week, which is a blessing. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Or I really love Yoonjin's friendship. Oh my god, yes. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait until we get to do their ship. Oh, yeah, it'd be amazing when we get there. Right. So if you're here for that, then you're in the right place. Today, we are going to talk about BTS's portrayal in Western media, which is a big topic uh, that really came to a forefront last week. So we Mm -hmm. wanted to talk about it this week. Um, But before we get into it, we have to thank you wonderful, amazing armies for being here and for supporting us. If you're a fan of this show and you want to show your support for us, you can do that by telling people about this podcast, by writing a review wherever you listen. And then if you want to go above and beyond and show us some extra support, you can do that by donating monthly to our Patreon at patreon.com slash standing BTS. Or if you'd like, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standingbtspodcast. Your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out weekly episodes. Any type of support you guys have to offer is super appreciated. Um, Just remember that our show notes are being posted on Patreon for patrons of $1. Just $1 a month. And then... We also have more perks for patrons who are giving $5, 10 and $15 a month, including behind-the-scenes footage of our research, which we need to do, um, <laughs> reactions to videos, and personalized messages. So, again, we're just grateful for all of your guys' support. We, we really do love doing the podcast. Yeah, so thank you guys so much. Um, okay, let's get into our content of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have... This might this is like a becoming a theme that we have the same content of the week for us this week. We're going to talk about the vlogs just briefly mm-hmm. because they have been so amazing and truly one of those great things keeping us going through the week. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we keep having the same content of the week because there's such little new content. Yeah, so true. <laughs> and so when there is new content, we both want to talk about it. But the vlogs have been really great. We've gotten so far from when we're recording now, we've gotten J-Hopes, Yoongi's, and Jen's. And then we also got a run episode today, yes. which is really, oh. really nice. I've only seen snippets of it. I have yet to see it. But mm-hmm. I think tomorrow we get Young, and then we'll get like Jungkook, Namjoon, 
and uh, Jimin. Jimin. Yeah. And Jimin's birthday is coming up. Yes, his birthday <laughs> is coming up. I already, see, I mean, for the past couple of weeks, I've been seeing like posts gearing up for his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these vlogs are have been so amazing so far, and I'm so excited to see the rest of them. So I also have an update from last week. On our episode last week, we covered chicken noodle soup. And one thing that we wanted to know was the location of where it was filmed. So Kim Nambu, a.k.a. Uh, at Chimmy Jinjin DM'd us on Twitter and told us the location because they're from LA and they said they instantly recognized the area saying that where they filmed was a perfect representation of LA because you can see the downtown skyline and signature warehouses which like who knew LA had signature warehouses (laughs) like I had no fucking idea signature Um, ones I know Mm -hmm. and then it's also right next to the LA like quote river not really a river um but anyway so the address of this place is 340B North Myers Street Los Angeles California so I actually like Mm -hmm. went to it on on Google Maps and went to Street View and I was like looking at it like the 3D version I was like there it is (laughs) that's so cool the thing that people don't know is when we were doing the research, you were adamant about finding it. I'm like, Kava, it's LA. It's such a large <laughs> area. How are you going to find it? But we did, I think we did see the uh, 340B. 304B. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting. Thank you so much for for sending that to us. That really made our day yesterday. Literally. Like, now we know where it was. Yeah, I was so excited. So also in the, in the Google Doc, I linked it. So you could go look at it on Street View also if you're one of our $1 patrons. Patrons. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here is just an overview of this week's episode. So over the few years of us both being armies and supporting BTS, we've come across one too many poorly researched and poorly written articles in addition to obscenely Western-centric interview questions asked on American television and radio interviews. So most recently, on October 2nd, 2019, at midnight, The Hollywood Reporter released an article titled, BTS is Back, Music's Billion Dollar Boy Band Takes the Next Step, and it was written by Seth Abramovich. Mm. Unfortunately, the offense of this article led us to finally discuss the problems with BTS coverage in Western media, So in today's episode, we're going to talk specifically about the problematic themes in Western media coverage, including racial, xenophobic, and ethnocentric comments, misunderstanding and misrepresenting Korean and K-pop culture, and ageism with references to various articles and interviews. And then we'll end the episode on a positive note with examples of good journalists and articles and interviews because they do Mm -hmm. exist. They do exist, and there's a lot of good coverage out there about them as well. But we really, I mean, this really got to us last week, and it made us think about all of the times in the past Mm -hmm. that we just feel like they have been so burned by the media. So, oh yeah, definitely, it It makes me it makes me so enraged. It's Mm -hmm. it really upsets me. It really upsets you and a lot of armies. So I'm glad we're talking about it because it's something that I think should be discussed on the podcast at some point. Yeah. So. 
This is a heavily researched episode, so we're just going to set our sources right off the bat here. So there's an incredible thread on Twitter by at TY but disagree, and it thoroughly picks at the Hollywood Reporter article and everything that's wrong with it. You guys should really check out that thread. We'll also link all these sources in the description, but mm-hmm. it really goes in depth on everything that's wrong with it because it is kind of subtle in ways. Yeah. Some ways not so, but it can be subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh Teen Vogue article, Criticism of BTS is Often Just Xenophobia in Disguise by Amani Khan. Emily Marquez and ARMY had made a Google Doc of the Hollywood article, uh, Hollywood Reporter article, so that we can all view the article without giving the actual article clicks and reads. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Teen Vogue article, the BTS army is fighting back after Australia's Channel 9 news station aired an offensive BTS segment by Sarah Delgado. A uh, Pop Buzz article, BTS fans are angry after an interview criticized Arms English by Olivia Jones. And then Jaha Kim at Go Away With Jay on Twitter. And then Alex Jong at E Alex Jong on Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. So all really great sources that we got all of our information from. So firstly, we're going to talk about disrespectful and problematic themes in Western media coverage. Um, So this is going to cover racial, xenophobic, and ethnocentric comments. Um, We're sure that everyone knows what racial comments or what being racist is and means but we are gonna Mm -hmm. go over quickly what it means to be xenophobic and what it means to be ethnocentric so uh, a xenophobic comment or xenophobic people dislike or show prejudice against people from other countries and this can be fear motivated i think traditionally Mm -hmm. this word was to show fear motivated um Mm -hmm. but it's kind of used in both ways now um ethnocentric is the attitude that one's own group ethnicity or nationality is superior to others just um it's it's like a sociological thing that like what did you say yesterday that all people have uh it's a tendency to have it's a Mm -hmm. sociological just uh thing that happens with groups of people Mm -hmm. uh just having that attitude of your own beliefs your own kind of your whatever it may be race ethnicity group yeah uh it's just superior to others purely just because it's what you've believed all your life so yeah it's uh, it's definitely a sociological term Mm -hmm. but when we were doing this research I'm like there's another word (laughs) that I learned in college that really depicts why even people like especially people who do American interviews where they're just like on the red carpet and they have those questions that are all American based Mm -hmm. to me that's that's not so much xenophobia as it is ethnocentric for sure Mm -hmm. yeah which is why we're including both of them because both of them are things that that happen yeah so some examples of these we have to talk about the australian channel 9 tv station segment that they did in australia Mm -hmm. uh, back in june it was june 19th of 2019 and man this was awful it's by far one of the worst things i've ever seen it's just i think embarrassing Mm -hmm. for australia honestly it's really terrible and i just was appalled that it was released when i watched it so the station aired a segment full of snide often xenophobic jokes and thinly veiled criticisms of bts's talent so in the segment 
Jimmy Carr. He said, quote, When I first heard something Korean had exploded in America, I got worried. So I guess it could have been worse, but not much worse, unquote. So he's comparing fucking nuclear war and the success of a K-pop group in America, basically saying that popular Korean music in the States is almost as bad as a nuclear war. Like, what a fucking piss-ass joke, if you want to call it that, but, Mm -hmm. like, how extreme, how offensive. Also, like, just to, you know, relate nuclear war, like, just to talk about nuclear war Mm -hmm. as if it's a, a joke in this sense, especially it being from, like, an Asian country and, like, like, the history of east asian culture yeah Yeah, like there's a big problem with nuclear like there's nuclear threats all the time and like the united states dropped nuclear bombs on you know japan and like fucked up shit yeah happens with nuclear war and you know what like i understand like the scope of oh i'm a comedian like i'm edgy and i'm gonna make jokes because it's comedy and we can laugh about this type of thing but like you can write a better fucking joke than that if you want to. Exactly. If you want to laugh about something. That's why I say it's a piss ass joke yeah. because their argument to a lot of what Army is telling them is that it was a joke. Mm-hmm. It's all a joke, and it's like no, uh, you can make better jokes than that. that yeah. Don't have to bring up nuclear war where like thousands of people have died before from it. Yeah. You know, it's just no, awful. Mm-hmm. So. Another person involved in the Channel 9 segment on BTS was Alex Williamson. Uh, He was a part of the the crap segment as well. He, this is what made me really mad. He tweeted a response to an army, and this army is at Incorrect Gian. And they had made a video about the Channel 9 segment and, like, everything that was wrong with it. And so Alex tweeted to this army, saying and just forewarning there's highly offensive language and i might even like bleep it yeah bleep it yeah so he says quote shut the fuck up cunt it ain't racist they just don't give a fuck about boy bands who are designed solely to extract money from the hip pocket of 14 year olds i'll always revel in the genuine talents of south korean professors such as chian jinwoo fuck these cunts unquote oh my god that was his fucking response to this i mean how how immature and also the fact that he brings up chian jinwoo who i ended up looking up because of course i have no idea who that is uh-huh. and it's like a chemist professor oh like, like this dude I'm, knows fucking anything about chemistry yeah right like you totally just googled some notable person from south korea dumbass anyways yeah okay (laughs) like this is so (laughs) fucked up and i okay i know that the c word is commonly used in australia they use it Mm -hmm. i feel like as if we use like shit or fuck or something or they use it all the time yeah (laughs) but like if this person thinks that he's tweeting at 14 year olds and obviously like people there know that it's not normal in the rest of the world to just throw that around so he's mm-hmm. calling like he's in his mind calling like you know te- preteen teenage girls who are just supportive of this boy band calling them cunts mm-hmm. like yeah that's yeah. fucked up really messed up 
really messed up. But I think it just goes to show, like, he has absolutely no professionalism. Yeah, at all. That's, at that's all. all this tweet shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, completely. Uh, not taking responsibility for your actions. Like, people, people mm-hmm. mess up. Granted, I think this whole Channel 9 segment was more than just people messing up. I think it was a, an attack towards BTS and towards ARMY. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, fess up yeah. and apologize. But yeah. none of them did. No, they didn't. Even the 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 news station put out, like, a, a announcement, like, the next day. And they were like, we're sorry if we've offended anyone, but this segment it's comedy this seg no they said this segment fits within our broadcast guidelines and it's like well oh, then maybe you should re- wow. reevaluate your fucking guidelines yeah. if you're gonna put just like completely not even trying to hide it racist shit in there yeah 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 like that's we only talked about like two little things but like they like the whole thing was full of just like Asian stereotype, Asian stereotype, uh, masculinity joke. Blah, like it was just yeah, yeah, homosexuality jokes. Yeah, like really, it, it fucking covered Perez everything. Hilton, Perez yeah. Hilton in there. He's such a piece of shit. Okay, anyways, yeah, um, they were so yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> so many things wrong with it. Yeah, um, so the next kind of example of these types of comments that I want to talk about is an article published in the British magazine, which is called the times magazine. And, um, which already you're like, okay, the times magazine, whatever, um, mm-hmm. knock off of the times, who knows which came first. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so this article was written by Richard Lloyd Perry, and he titled it K-pop stars BTS, the biggest boy band in the world. And then on on the cover, it had that title, and then it had like a subscript that said that you've never heard of. It's like okay, yeah, like that. There's just like that those little jabs like that. That's like why for what purpose? Because um, mm-hmm. clearly, for them to be having an interview, like people have heard of them. So, in this article, he showed a very jaded view of the band. And this interview was conducted in English without a translator. Um, so, it's just relying only on Nam June to interpret and translate everything and then come up with mm-hmm. things to say. And in his article, this guy said that RM's English, quote, occasionally had baffling syntax, giving the impression that he is channeling Joey rather than Chandler in reference to him learning English by watching Friends. Like, really? You're going to sit. I bet this fucking dude only speaks one language and you're going to sit here and talk about somebody's syntax or accent that they have because Mm -hmm. they're speaking your language because you couldn't be prepared enough to bring a fucking translator Mm -hmm. like really yeah it's so unnecessary and so inconsiderate like this guy like Namjoon this guy (laughs) Namjoon is going out of his way to translate everything in English and provide Richard Lloyd with you know, a translation, an English mm-hmm. translation. He should be, if anything, very appreciative. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, yeah. Yeah. Awful. Uh, so 
Just going back to the Hollywood reporter, Seth Abramovich, he also demonstrates various subtle forms of ethnocentrism within the article, but it's, you know, very, very subtle. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not really going to point out any any particular moments in the article, but I think this is just a interesting fact to know about Seth, that he was previously fired from another publication for making racial slurs in a previous article about Kanye West. That says enough. Yeah. yeah. So he, this guy who was fired for making racial slurs is now hired by the Hollywood reporter and then sent over to South Korea to interview seven Korean men. And they expect him not to make any sort of ethnocentric or racist. Right connotations to the article yeah when he has a he has a track record you know like Mm -hmm. so i just feel like he went in with his own ethnocentric bias that kind Mm -hmm. of permeated the whole article but didn't really Mm -hmm. there wasn't like big specific moments to be like oh that's xenophobic or that's ethnocentric but it was like it was just poorly approached I know there's not a tone to an article, Mm -hmm. but I think we all know when we send text messages and stuff like that, you can kind of sense a tone. We're Mm not, you know, we're, you know, technology, we're all revolving around it now. But in this article, I feel that there is such a sarcastic tone. Yeah. Uh, How he references to BTS saying like they're known globally and blah, blah, blah. And he is, quote, talking highly of them. But it just like I don't believe a fucking word that he's written. Yeah. Exactly. It's like he's showing in his writing that he really doesn't give a shit. Like mm-hmm. he's putting information out there, but like most of it's poorly researched and the stuff that's in there, he really does not give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to talk about some of our favorite, a.k.a. most hated ethnocentric <laughs> interview examples that we are all tired of hearing. Um, mm-hmm. Really anytime if you watch any interview from around the time of the AMAs in 2017 radio interviews tv interviews so many of them are just fucking awful flat out awful and granted this is the first time that like a Korean pop group has really made their way into the states so the way the interviewers went about it I think they were just so clueless about BTS's impact which does not give them an excuse for any of these interview questions, no. but I think it's where it really stems from is that they just didn't even know what to ask them. Yeah, but like also seeming like right now, oh, 2017, like we're so woke and just to have some of these questions yeah. asked, even though they may not have experience with a K-pop group before, just the fact that these types of things were asked and are continuously asked yeah. is just so And I'm stupid. just saying like, Journalists and interviewers and anyone who does any sort of media coverage should know these kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like to do research beforehand and not just walk into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. Um, so these are questions that we don't want to hear anymore. Um, we've mm-hmm. heard them numerous times. Find some better questions. Um, okay. What American artist do you want to collaborate with? Would you ever make an album or song fully in English? What's your favorite food in America? Who's your Hollywood or American celebrity crush? 
And then I have one more to add. Um, (laughs) What's the favorite thing you've seen? Insert place here so far. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about L.A. so far? What's what's the coolest thing about Chicago? Tell us about us right now. Are you loving New York? How does it feel to be at the Grammys? (laughs) (laughs) We could go on and on and on. We're just ad living at this point. (laughs) 2019 billboard how does it feel to be a billboard um this is our third year here so it feels you know pretty normal at this point yeah (laughs) same as 2018 maybe a little boring (laughs) where's the snacks yes yeah (laughs) all right so next we're going to move on to misunderstanding and misrepresentation of korean culture and k-pop culture uh so in the most recent article by the Hollywood Reporter, there's mention of Maknae, and the writer describes Maknae as, quote, sweet-faced Jungkook, Jeon Jungkook 22, as the band's Maknae, a K-pop term, a K-pop term Mm. for the baby of the group. And so, again, this is just representation of misunderstanding, poor research, misrepresenting Korean culture. So journalist Jae-Hak Kim She tweeted in response to this saying, quote, part of the problem with some Western articles is they approach Korean artists as a novelty who need to be exoticized. I'm my family's maknae. It is an actual Korean word that predates K-pop. So it's not a K-pop term for the baby of the group. And so this is just, again, a representation of of misunderstanding and poor research into Korean culture. Right. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, the youngest in the family, the baby of the family. And Mm -hmm. he totally missed that. He was just like, I'm just going to overgeneralize and oversimplify and not really research. Yeah. So, um, also in the same article, the Hollywood Reporter article, he addressed the military service saying there is one potential problem for BTS looming on the horizon, military service. South Korea expects every male to serve two years in the army by the time he turns 28, which means the clock is ticking for Jin, who is 27 in December. Despite the efforts of ARMY, it looks like no exceptions will be made, not even for K-pop idols. It just reads like such a tabloidy, like, article, you know? Like, it's awful. So mm-hmm. I wanted to say about this that ARMY is completely knowledgeable of BTS's necessary military service. They've talked about mm-hmm. it before, like Big Hit has released stuff. It's their duty to their country. They do not feel deserving of being exempt from service just because of their Mm -hmm. musical accolades. Um, And I just really hate his wording that he says South Korea expects every male because like it's not just that South Korea is expecting this like it's the law and Mm -hmm. there are many other countries in the world with mandatory military service. Um, I'm going to list out just a few of them just to show you all the different places in the world and types of countries that have this. Albania, Brazil, China, Estonia, Ethiopia, Greece, 
Israel, Sweden, and Switzerland, just to name a few that have mandatory military service for men and some of them also for women. Like Israel, Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure Switzerland has it for both. I could see Sweden even. Yeah, the list was Mm -hmm. massive. And so I just really, like he made it seem like it was this like big weird thing that like, oh, they have to go into the military and like it's, you know, like army is trying to get it to not happen as if like we're delusional enough to think that anything that we say like oh i'm sad that bts is going into the military like that would have any kind of effect impact yeah yeah Yeah. exactly yeah and even in the united states we have the draft too exactly i mean every every guy has to you know enlist to an extent Mm -hmm. so it's just it's a thing and yeah, poorly written, poorly done, poorly portrayed. Yep. Just awful. Just awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, going off of that, getting into big hit in the big three K-pop industry, uh, he goes in to talk about big hit a fair amount, like he fucking knows them, but he doesn't. And so again, it's a misunderstanding, misrepresentation of K-pop culture. So in the article, he says, quote, South Korean music mogul Bang Shiyuk a.k.a. Hitman Bang, pieced the group together at his big hit entertainment factory, one of the pillars of the K-pop industry. It's like, it's a fucking pillar now, but it has not always been. This guy really does not understand that BTS and Big Hit were actually underdogs and that overcoming the top three K-pop companies is not an easy task. Mm -hmm. And this journalist clearly either won didn't mention their incredible feat, which I wouldn't be surprised if he did that intentionally, mm-hmm. or to fail to discover this important fact in his brief BTS Google research on his plane ride over to Korea. Right. You know, something that I want to add to that is like, there are times in the article where he does talk about like BTS's accomplishments but where this information is are in these dense fat ass paragraphs that are essentially just like two sentences of lists of accolades, lists of things that they've done and awards that they've gotten. So like people skim that shit. Like it's, (laughs) it's dense to read that. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to read all those Mm -hmm. dates and all those different things. And he puts that, that information all together instead of spacing it out so that's the part that people skip when they're reading so then people are only reading all this other bullshit and like ethnocentric commentary that he's having about them like and his poor research like that's what people are getting out of the article even though he does have some of that good info in there it is like not really accessible in the way that people read articles nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Anyways. I mean, even fanfic writers know this, like you guys yeah. on AO3 and Wattpad, you know, to break it up. Otherwise you're not going to keep the attention of your reader. Of course. Like that's, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe he's just that shitty of a journalist, you know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> 
So since I, here's another quote that I want to add in there from his article. He said, since its origins in the 1990s, K-pop has been part Motown, part Hunger Games. Thousands of wannabe K-pop stars compete at regular American Idol style cattle calls. Those lucky enough to make it to the next level spend years learning their craft inside secretive K-pop training camps where they're sometimes subjected to dangerous diets, strict social rules, no dating, grueling rehearsal schedules, and mandated plastic surgery and skin whitening procedures. Like, again, so fucking sensationalized and, Mm -hmm. I mean, really pushing the limits and the boundaries. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not here to say that there hasn't been problems in the K-pop industry because there definitely has. Like, people have talked about it. Ex-trainees, like, have, like, YouTube Mm -hmm. channels. People have shared their own experience, like, in threads on Twitter. Like, Mm -hmm. there's stuff out there. But, like... There's problems in every entertainment industry on the planet. You know, you just might Mm -hmm. not hear about it. And, you know, we also know from our trainee life episode that while BTS's trainee time was challenging, um, they weren't treated poorly or unfairly themselves. Mm -mm. Which is what this article is insinuating. Yeah, exactly. That BTS went through this. And, you know, it just... To me, the whole, the whole thing, the mentioning of, like, dangerous diets and strict social rules, I've seen on Twitter people say, like, okay, yeah, maybe these things have happened, whatever, but clearly this guy hasn't even gone into to research or, like, look up videos or vlogs of people who actually were a part of trainee life, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of what we did for our trainee life episode. It just is so mm, poorly researched, poorly represented in this article. Yeah. And then to add to that, they weren't back then and still aren't taken advantage of Motown style, which I'm assuming is the idea of essentially robbing musicians of their incredible work for very small pay while majorly profiting off of their music from record sales and like radio plays. Um, BTS Mm -hmm. is they're all very rich they make a lot of money they get to write their music Mm -hmm. and work with amazing producers and produce their music and put it out and tour the world doing it and make they make millions you know they're not being robbed they're Mm -hmm. exactly and even in the article like jungkook through a translator said to this guy like you know Hitman Bang gives us a fair amount of freedom is Mm -hmm. pretty much what he said. Like we're allowed to express ourselves and do our own, our own work. So yeah. Yeah. Like it's just contradicting. It is. It's, it's counterintuitive. Uh, Like what he's writing versus what is actually the, the real life experience mm of BTS. He's writing stereotypes, very negative stereotypes of K-pop and then insinuating that those are also what bts has dealt with mm-hmm. yep. um also bts never personally competed like hunger Games style for their positions we know how they were put together it wasn't like this big like group of people that some of them might be selected like some mm-hmm. groups such as twice have formed from televised competitions and other groups are selected from pools of trainees within a company um and although the competition to become an idol is steep and can be a years-long process and like bts they they had a you know some members and they were switched out for other members and slowly became the group they are today 
But like this competition is not any more dense than the competition that there is to make it big here in America. Like, oh, yeah. In any industry, in entertainment or like I thought about in sports, like to go to get to like Major League Baseball from like high school baseball. I mean, you you're a one of so many, you know, Mm hmm. Yeah. And the same goes for just like getting into universities, like prestigious universities or anything. It's all it's all really political and messed up. And yeah, no different from here in the States. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Glad you mentioned that. Um, Also, keep going with the Hollywood Reporter because we obviously have a lot to say about it, but it was just the most Mm -hmm. recent one. But it really the article belittles BTS's talent and Big Hit's hard work and efforts, calling Big Hit BTS's label a, quote, sausage mill, called their aphorisms, quote, dime store, asserted that the work felt, quote, packaged on an assembly line, tapping into cliches of K-pop's artistry. The whole sausage mill comment, it suggests that BTS is a sausage, processed, manufactured easily consumed and that's just not true no it's just not true to me i really i do think that you know in the k-pop industry and any music industry there's certain guidelines that you can kind of follow to make a song that people like to hear certain that's popular yeah Mm -hmm. it's pop culture pop music yeah it's a part of it but to go as far to say that like this is what they are they're packaged bts has been packaged on an assembly line and they've only been catered to us and just totally manufactured and that there's nothing unique or great about them yeah which just really goes to show how insulting how fucking insulting yeah Uh, yeah I mean, and it really goes to show just how he did not properly research. Like, for mm-hmm. him to say that, that means he has no fucking idea that the one of the main reasons why they have such a strong following, why we love them so much, why we love their music, why we get to know them as people as much as we can, is because they are just genuine, fucking, good people who like really truly deserve it and like if he knew that he would know that they're not like some like packaged on an assembly line because they are so authentic they're Mm -hmm. so authentic and that's why they have so many fans yeah I know I bring up the Beatles all the time, but I'm rewatching their <laughs> anthology. And we were just watching about like the peak of Beatles mania. And you can hear Paul McCartney, you can hear Ringo Starr and George Harrison all comment on how their success was not only a part of just them writing their own music and doing their own music and just, you know, being kind of cute. But they also comment on like people like their humor, people like their personalities. Mm -hmm. And that was a big, a big seller for them. And this guy is totally just debunking or not acknowledging that BTS has the same thing going for them. Yes. To have this, they all have incredible personalities. They're genuine people. Like this is a big selling point. This is why they are successful. This is a group that can't be processed on a fucking assembly line because a lot of them are, and a lot of them don't make it, you know, it's just that unique, that, that unique capture of, of being genuine people, real people. It's very appealing to us. 
They write yeah. their own music. They do a lot of their own choreography. They work really hard. And <sighs> that's why that yeah. sausage mill <laughs> assembly line comment is just particularly blood boiling because it is just completely mm-hmm. the opposite of the truth. It's um, upsetting. Yeah. It's so upsetting. So he even he outs himself in the article, letting us know how fucking poorly prepared and poorly researched he was by saying that he was the only 47 year old uh, man on the plane with books about BTS because he did his fucking research on the plane to Korea. And what other man would fucking want to listen to BTS? Or what person over the age of 24 would want to listen to BTS? Right, that's what he's implying. Yeah. Yeah. He also says that he, like, once he got to the restaurant and, like, greeted them as an icebreaker, he brought them gifts. I'm going to quote, say, gifts. Um, These gifts were... (laughs) in the form of Hollywood buttons from LAX, like little airport souvenir buttons, last minute, unprepared, stupid. Like this is the equivalent of giving your significant other a box of like a heart shaped box of candy on an anniversary from a gas station. Mm. Like no thought put into it at all. Super unprepared. Mm-hmm. He who really walks into one of the best restaurants in Korea to meet the biggest musicians in the world only to give them as an icebreaker fucking souvenir buttons and then like comment in the article about how they were good at you know they seemed to like them or at least were good at faking it like yeah you gave them buttons bro from like, an airport that clearly, they've been to so many times yeah Clearly you understand this guy has the introspection that yes, giving these guys souvenir buttons from the LAX airport. Yeah. They're probably going to fucking fake their, their response. Right. So why are you even, why are you even giving those to them? You know, like, you know, anyone to be an ass because anybody would fake being like, oh, thanks. Like you thought of me. This is the worst, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so going off of this, another terrible thing that this journalist did is he used online translators and admits to using various translators and having varied translations. So Obviously, he did not follow up on these translations with, like, a real human translator, which he certainly has access to, but didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. And then for the actual interview that they did, there appeared to be an actual translator present. However, he continues to add oddly assumptive bracketed comments to one of RM's quotes. Uh, So he quotes RM saying... We have to consider ourselves not just better, and then bracketed, than other K-pop acts, unbracket. When we're out there on the stage, we're there to conquer. We think we're the ones. That just seems, with those brackets, it just seems like a complete misquote, because why do you need to put something else into this quote if there was a translator present? Why not Mm -hmm. just keep the entire quote as it is? You know, Mm -hmm. like it seems, this this quote is especially off-putting because it doesn't seem like something that he would say. Mm-mm. No. At all. The notoriously humble and safe-speaking RM somehow said this. Right. Right. 
Also, like my fucking Spanish two students know not to use an online translator. And mm-hmm. this 47 year old man doesn't know how shitty they are. Like, really? Yeah. 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 And how old are they? 15? 15. 16? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we can say that his, you know, use of translation as a professional journalist does not even uphold to a 15 year old standard. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it. Ugh. One other thing to add um, about like misrepresentation of BTS or uh, misunderstanding of BTS in Korean culture is that in the article that I mentioned earlier from the Times Magazine, Richard Lloyd Perry's article, um, in that article, he repeatedly pride at their personal lives, their sexuality and girlfriends or lack thereof and touts he touted bts as a novelty act um just multiple times it really like permeated the entire um article even in like the sub headline Mm -hmm. it it like referred to their sexuality like unnecessary unnecessary and then he called all members during the article by their stage names except for jimin who he referred to as park the entire time his surname so like fucking dumb just (laughs) stupid so stupid yeah (laughs) yeah and and just dumb so it's so stupid yeah Yeah. it's appalling it's really appalling that these people are journalists and that they have the opportunity to go and interview some of these historic artists and to not even know their names do their research or know anything yeah yeah their fucking name yeah yeah uh lastly what we went to to mention about the hollywood reporter article is how poor and insensitive the discussion into the life of a k-pop idol and mental health Mm -hmm. went about it was again unnecessary there was no purpose for it to be there or to be mentioned um and yet this of course isn't the first time this has happened and it's so unfortunate that Mm -hmm. this continues to be a thing yeah because it doesn't it doesn't need to be in an article about bts no, and it doesn't really need to be in an article at all. Like something mm-hmm. that real that I thought of was like you never should use the tragedy of a suicide to prove a point, which mm-hmm. is what this guy was trying to do. He was trying to prove a point about the industry or about BTS or about like being burnt out and using mm-hmm. a suicide to do that is beyond fucked up Mm -hmm. and clearly doesn't know any of the the history of it yeah yeah uh, again like we've been doing for this this whole segment here um that this is just very disrespectful the article was terribly done very so much misunderstanding and misrepresentation Mm -hmm. of korean culture and k-pop culture Yeah. yeah Uh, lastly, what we want to touch on before we get into examples of good journalists is ageism. And this is something that really sticks out to me personally because I work with a geriatric population. So I'm just in tune to how ageism can really be a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, but 
not only for the older population, but for the younger population as well. So in this article from The Hollywood Reporter, he says, quote, For the moment, it's hard to find a place in the world where fans aren't clamoring to see BTS, at least fans of a certain demographic. About 83% of BTS fans are female, according to a Korean study, with 45% of them being the ages of 10 to 30. Only 4% are in their 50s. Mm. First off, this whole, all the statistics (laughs) of this is just... I mean, do the fucking math. It makes no sense. Yes. Also, to to use between the ages of 10 and 30, I mean, look That's at that. That's 20 fucking variety of years. Range. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, okay, mm-hmm. let's break the math down on this because I'm not even, <laughs> listen, math was my least favorite subject. I don't even like math and mm-hmm. I saw the shit in this. Okay, so... <laughs> Okay, (laughs) it says that 45% of BTS fans are between 10 and 30. That 10 is such a low age to start to go all the way to 30. That's 20 years, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's 45%. And then they say 4% are in their 50s. So that's another 10 years. So that's 49% that they they talk about 49% of ARMY is between 10 Mm -hmm. and 30, and between 50 and 60. Okay? Yeah. What about between 30 and 40? What about between yeah. 60 and older? That means that between 30 yeah. and 40, between ages 30 and 40, and all ages older than 60, is the other 51% yeah. of armies. Yeah. Yeah. And that... <laughs> Which just, purely, it just goes to show that there's the fact, all ages. Okay. All ages, all types of people. He's failing to mention all of the male fans. He wants to, all he wants to mention is that there are female fans and there are ages between 10 and 30. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only fucking demographic. Why are you even bringing up the demographic? Because you fucking suck and you're trying to be an asshole. Because you're trying period. to make it seem like we are all a young audience between 10 and 30, which 30, by the time you're 20, you fucking know who you are and you have like, you know what you like. Like you are acting autonomously from anybody else with your likes and dislikes, right? So, I mean, it's just, it's bad math and bad percentages and quotes anywhere you cut it because all it really shows if you read between the lines is that there are fans of BTS from ages 10 to... Probably, you know, we don't even have a maximum age to the end, yeah. to the to death. But clearly, okay. he's using clearly he's using this statistic quote on and demographic to prove a point of saying that oh, it's only female mm-hmm. young female girls. That's that's it, and that's somehow supposed to be a bad thing. Yeah, that that's a bad and thing. That's what also, sucks. yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. he's insinuating it's a bad thing. Um, this oh, they're really not that great because it's only young females who like them. Yeah, so fuck <laughs> okay. those people. They don't know what good music is. Like, yeah, exactly. This, this they just think they're all thing, cute and hot. Yeah, this mm-hmm. whole thing is so. This is making me the most heated. Like, this is so. Fucking, I know my blood ugh. is boiling. <laughs> Like, it really makes me so mad. Making it seem like there's not fans of all ages, which it, we already said, if you break down the math, there's 51% from 
30 to 40 and 60 above and then making it seem like it's a bad thing that we're younger or that we're female um this like this ageism also assumes that fans of bts are manipulated into liking them with such fervor just to get our money um due to us being so quote Mm -hmm. young and naive um Mm -hmm. they're they're insulting us as if we didn't come to love them autonomously on our own uh they're also insulting bts as if their music their message and their art isn't deserving of the popularity and saying that it must be fabricated somehow or manipulated into enjoying somehow um and again that jab of it being just you know young young females and making that seem like a negative thing also that that's who a their negative fans thing. are yeah fucked that, up oh you shouldn't take this band seriously because it's just a bunch of young female girls who are oogling over how cute they are and that their music is actually shit if i know? had to ask and, and, you who wrote this article anybody would automatically be like a middle-aged white male white male like yeah <laughs> fucking yeah clueless fucking clueless yeah. definitely yeah all right. So let's lastly get into examples of good journalists, articles, and interviews. So in a Teen Vogue article by Amini Khan, she writes, quote, even if you're not a BTS fan, you can still talk about them in a way that doesn't revert to Western-centric tropes and perspectives. And I love this mm-hmm. quote by her because, yes, you have the right to not like BTS music. Not everyone is going to love BTS music, but you don't have to go as far to revert to Western-centric tropes and perspectives. Like, you don't have to be super ethnocentric. You don't have to just be xenophobic and yeah, or just... outright racist. Racist, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that article is really, really great by Amini Khan. You guys should all go and read it. Uh, Raisa... Bruner, she wrote the Time Magazine's article. Amazing. Uh, How BTS is taking over the world. It was for the 2018 Next Generation Leaders. That article is so great. Definitely go and give that one a read if you want to to hear the the positives and the facts about BTS. Mm-hmm. Definitely go to that article. Definitely. And then the next one that we have to talk about, because for us, it was one of the first articles that we ever saw written about BTS in Western media, was E. Alex Jung's Billboard article. And we actually did our fourth episode of this podcast over this article, because at that time, it was number four. It was called Thank You, E. Alex Jung. And we were just, we loved this article so much. We felt like BTS was done such justice and really took Mm -hmm. the time to put together a good interview about them. So this article is called BTS Speaks Out in Seoul. The Mm K-pop megastars get candid about representing a new generation. So this was published February 15th in 2018. And just really go, we're obviously going to link it, go read it or go listen to our fourth episode with terrible, you know, like sound sound quality. quality. (laughs) Old intro. Yeah. Okay. Um, But yeah, he's really great. So he also, I just want to mention, tweeted mm-hmm. about the Hollywood Reporter article. And he said, quote, imagine wrangling dream access, dinner, soju, with the biggest band in the world to write that, 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 that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so true. I hate, 
I hate that BTS gave them their fucking precious time. time. I know. Mm -hmm. Like, they could have just had a really nice fucking meal together and then went their separate ways for vacation and never had to deal with this fucking guy. But instead, they gave their time to him and this is the shit he wrote, you know? Douche. God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, lastly, we want to talk about Jaha Kim and she is this incredible journalist um, really mm-hmm. any BTS article she's written, really anything she's ever written um, is just incredible. Her social commentary on Twitter is also really awesome. She always is commenting on BTS, K-pop, and she always puts her two cents in on all things Korean. Um, she really loves K-dramas. She really loves so K-dramas. So if you're into K-dramas, yeah. yeah, you should follow her. She's just awesome. And I have learned so much from following her and just listening mm-hmm. to her and seeing the things that she tweets and seeing what she writes about um i think one of the first times that we were exposed to her was her rolling stone article about bts from 2018 called how bts are breaking k-pop's biggest taboos which is just an incredible article and it Mm -hmm. really counteracts everything in this shitty hollywood reporter article like it is so awesome so definitely go and read that too yeah wow what a great episode dude i felt like we just we got heated there right <laughs> at the end <laughs> and then we're like oh wait here's all these great people here's that you all can these go awesome people too. that you should support yeah. because they truly care about bts and even if they don't care about bts like raisa bruner writing for time magazine she was not an army she was not a fan but she Mm -hmm. took the time to write something culturally sensitive and you know thought-provoking and just really well researched you know and so that's that's all we ask that's all we're asking for we're here doing it every week you can do it when you write one article if the publication company you're working for you know, asked you to go research and interview these incredible artists who are having such a global impact, maybe you should fucking take them seriously. You know, maybe you should feel honored to have this this opportunity to write about this this very well-known, well, well-known group. Yeah. Yep. And I think also just going off of that, uh, news outlets and media that do continue to write um, in these negative ways, these poor portrayals that we don't like, um, don't support them. Don't read their stuff. Be vocal mm-hmm. about not, you know, reading their articles, even if it's not a BTS related article, because the end of that tweet analysis um, that we're linking the last thing was that maybe the Hollywood reporter didn't want to tell the truth. Maybe they just wanted to tell a narrative, which was truly what they were doing. And so just be aware of the type of things going out into Mm -hmm. the media and ask yourself, what is their purpose behind writing this? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you guys for all listening. You can find all of our sources in the description. Did a lot of research for this episode, but it was really great. We really got to voice our opinion on it. We know that you have a lot of opinions on it. So just message us. Let us know what you think as well, because we'd love to hear it. Yeah. 
So if you like this episode or if you've liked any of our previous episodes, there's a few things you can do to let us know. Uh, Number one, you could write us a review. We love reading them. We love when we get new ones. It means so much to us. So if you haven't written a review for us wherever you listen, please do so. Uh, Number two, we love hearing from you. We love when you email us. We love when you reach out via social media, DM us, tweet at us, um, whatever. So please reach out to us via email or social media if you have anything to add to this episode or if you have thoughts about this one or previous ones. We just love to hear from you. And of course, you can find links for all of those things in the description. Thanks for listening and thanks for standing BTS.